Footsteps of Jesus from Down Under. This is Nick Krita, your host today. Thank you for tuning in with us again and please stay with us because uh, you'll be enjoying another wonderful story with Ken. Ken, welcome to the program. Thank you very much indeed. I'm very happy to have you with us uh, today, Ken, and we have been talking about uh, your story for a while. You rang me the other day and you want to share uh, this story because you think that may impact some other people out there, our listeners. And I encourage, uh, again, our listeners to contact us through the phone numbers which we provide to share their story because uh, walking in the footsteps of Jesus is the most wonderful thing and uh, we would like to encourage each other. Ken, just before we going into your story, just tell us a bit about yourself. Okay, well I'm a, a 65-year-old Irishman. You probably pick it up as we go along in the story. I've lived in Australia 40 years. It's the most wonderful country. I'm very blessed to be here. Over the years I've had many, many jobs and and trades and uh, I love working with my hands and uh, enjoy meeting people, enjoy chatting to people. Over the years I've had a love of aviation and aircraft and motorbikes as well so I've really interested in a lot of things and uh, yeah it's been really wonderful living in Australia and also Australia where the Lord found me because I wasn't looking for him. Wonderful. As we mentioned uh, this program features uh, your personal walk with Jesus. Tell us. Okay, well, uh, sit back for an interesting story, folks, and grab yourself a cup of coffee. <laughs> um, as I said, I, I was born and grew up in Ireland. I was born in Belfast, and then we moved to a little country place called uh, Bangor by the seaside. My upbringing was pretty traumatic. At five and a half, I was taken from my parents that were... Uh, my father was an alcoholic and a very... Um, cruel person. He used to beat me regularly. I still have the marks on my back today where I got the strap very often. I really don't know why. You wouldn't know it, a four or five year old kid. But I, I remember being taken by these two men to uh, another big house and that was the start of another set of parents which weren't really that much better in the first lot but there were, was an improvement and we lived there for some time and I grew up like most kids doing what most kids do, you know, having a bit of fun and enjoying life. And and then uh, as I got into, I think it was around about 12 years old, my folks started to send me to church. Now, coming from Ireland, most people think that, well, if, you come, if you're Irish, you're either Catholic or Protestant, but of course that's not the case. And I was actually sent every Sunday to a Presbyterian church. What I found fascinating was my folks didn't go but they sent me along saying, oh, it's good for you. Well, I went here for about six years, I think till I was about 17, and then I rebelled and said, look, came home one day from church, said, that's it, I've not gone back, I've had enough of this. And all I remember hearing at church was God is love and fuzzy stories. And Nobody ever talked much about Jesus or Jesus coming back or you needed to be saved and God loved you. I never heard of these sort of things. So anyway, my folks said, okay, well, that's fine. You don't want to go, that's, that's not an issue. Some years after that, then I got married. And life's funny. I remember standing in the kitchen one day and speaking to my wife at the time and saying, we're so lucky here in Ireland. It's a, it's a peaceful place. Everything's good and, and so on, apart from all the rain. 
And lo and behold, within a few short years, then the trouble in Ireland started. And for those of you who've never lived in a war-torn area, you won't understand what it's like. But for anyone who's been in that sort of situation, you know it's not a very nice place to be. And then because of all the trouble and the people that were getting blown up and murdered and injured, I really came to the realisation there's no God in this world to let this happen because... As I say, when I went to church, all I heard was God is love. And there's people getting good, decent, innocent people getting killed, blown up and injured continually. And I just ended up becoming an atheist, an unbeliever. Well, over the years since that, then, people would come occasionally knocking on my door and tell me about Jesus. And, and being a practical person and understanding things that I can see, I'd say to them, well, look, i tell you what. Um, if you can prove to me God's there, I'll listen. Well, they basically all said the same thing. They all said, oh, look, you know, look at nature and look at the stars, look at this and look at that. And I said, no, that's not proof for me. That was no good. So I was never, ever convinced. Well, some years later, I ended up emigrating to Australia, which was wonderful. And lo and behold, the same people came knocking on my door, telling me about Jesus. And I'd often talk to them and they'd all say the same thing. So nobody could convince me. Well, at the time, I was a mechanic, as I was for many, many years, and I was working in a garage. And this particular day, I got this car to fix, and as I walked over to the car, it had all these stickers on the back window about Jesus and this, that, and other thing. And I thought, well, oh, one of these lunatics who believes this rubbish. Anyway, I was working inside the car, and I noticed in the dash there's a big pile of leaflets. And on one of these leaflets was a photograph of a tank, well, that got my imagination or interest because I was in the British Army and actually worked, did some work in tanks. So I pulled this leaflet out and started to read it. Well, anyway, this leaflet said that the Bible talked of airplanes, it talked of cars, it talked of tanks, it talked of Jesus coming back. And I thought, I never heard any of this stuff. This is a bit odd. So I put one of the leaflets in my pocket. And that night when I went home, I, uh, I think it was towards the weekend, I had another read at it and it got me thinking because I'm a very curious person. I like to know stuff about everything and there's not much I'm not interested in. So anyway, coming up to Sunday, I said to my wife, I said, I'm going up to this church on Sunday to, to have a listen, to, to look into this. And my wife looked at me and she said, because she was an atheist as well, and we had never discussed God. She said to me, are you feeling okay? And I said, yeah, I'm just curious about this. So anyway, Sunday came, went up to this this place, turned out to be a big hall. There's about a thousand people in it, and they had a band up the front. Well, of course, brought up in a traditional type of church where you sit back and almost fall into sleep. thought of having a band there. I said to myself mentally, well, if there was a God, he sure as hell wouldn't be here because there's a band up the front. <laughs> so that was interesting. But we sat down anyway, and a bloke came out, didn't have a collar on, give a bit of a talk to this day. I don't remember what he said. But... Um, when it was finished, when the service finished, the gentleman next to me said, Oh, good day, brother, how are you? Is this your first time? And I looked at it and I thought to myself, Well, I'm not your brother. And I says, Yes, it is my first time. He says, Oh, what do you think of it all? I says, I think you're all a bit mad, tell you the truth. And he says, Oh, that's really good. And he gets the Bible out and he shows me the scripture when it said, When somebody new comes into your midst, they'll think you're either drunk or full of wine or something. So we then started to discuss a few things. Well, he gives me a whole pile of leaflets 
and tells me some things and I, my head swim it at this stage because I never heard any of these things. So I'm driving home in the car trying to figure this out, the things I've heard, because I thought I knew the Bible, even though I hadn't read it, but because I went to church for six years, I thought I knew a bit about it. Well, anyway, halfway home, the penny dropped. I thought, I know what it is. They've written their own Bible. That's what it is, because I never heard any of these things before. So anyway... When I got home, I went and dug out a Bible that had been given to us when we got married. Um, as I did say, we were atheists and we wanted, my wife and I wanted a quiet wedding. However, the families, they were up in arms said, oh no, you've got to get married in church and do this. So to keep the peace, we, we got married in church. And on the day, the minister gave us a Bible when the service was over and it had never been opened in its entirety all the time we had it. I found this Bible. I put it on the ground, on the carpet, I got all these leaflets out, went through all these leaflets, looked up the relevant verses in the Bible, and they were all in the Bible. Well, now I was completely, I just couldn't figure this out because this was just an everyday Bible. I did know that. So the following Sunday, I said to my wife, uh, I'm going back to this church again. And she looked at me and she says, are you taking something? Are you on drugs or something? Because she knew this wasn't my nature. I had no interest in God whatsoever. But as I say, I'm a curious person. I like to know things. So the following Sunday, I went back to this particular church and uh, I listened to what they had to say and got more and more interested. Well, when I was doing auto automotive vehicle engineering, we learned a thing known as moments which is a, a mechanical uh, leverage that it's, it's a law. It's like the law of gravity. And moment states that for every force, there's an equal and opposite force. And I was thinking this as I was listening to what was going on in church. And I began to think for myself, now I'm going back about roughly 20 years when this happened. And back then, the world was a bad place. There's lots of wars going on in the Middle East. There's lots of fighting here, there and everywhere. And I could see back then things weren't good. And I began to come to the realization there's certainly evil in the world. So I began to think, well, if there's evil, there has to be good. So to cut a long story short, I started to, to attend this church and I found out that you needed to be saved. And they told me that to be saved, you had to be baptized by full immersion, explained why. So I started to think of me. I wasn't thinking about God. I wasn't thinking about Jesus. I wasn't thinking about all the things God had done for me. I was thinking about my skin, and I thought, oh, gee, well, I better look after myself. So some months later, um, I got baptized by full immersion. And in all honesty, I had really no idea what I was doing, but I said this is what you needed to do. Well, anyway, there certainly a change came up upon me. I used to swear a fair bit then, and, and that left me. But the other amazing thing, I worked in a garage with about 14 other guys, and I learned that when you receive Jesus, you have to tell others. So I went into this place, and I was like a whirlwind. I, I was around everybody, telling them about Jesus and what had happened. Because needless to say, most of them thought I'd gone off the rocks and gone a bit mad, but I didn't care because... Jesus said, this is what you need to do, and I was happy to do it. So I, st I kept going to that church for some years, and uh, and then I realized I got to know the Bible quite well, and then I realized there's something missing. There was, I didn't know what it was, but they weren't quite on the ball. So I left there, and I started then to look at other churches. Well, the other churches, they weren't even close to the truth that was in the Bible, so I stopped going. I still believed in Jesus, still believed in God. I prayed, but I didn't go to church. 
Well, during that time, my wife and I, we parted company, and I was on my own for many years. And during that time, I met this other lady who was a Christian lady. She was Church of Christ. And I went to her church a few times. But again, they weren't on the ball as far as I could see. Anyway, one day she came home and she said to me, Friends of mine have told me that the Sabbath is on Saturday. Well, I just burst out laughing. I said, don't be silly. They must, it must be a cult or something because the whole world worships on Sunday. Nobody worships on Saturday, as far as I knew. But she said to me, she said, well, Ken, she said, uh, they've given me a DVD. Would you watch it? And I said, oh, absolutely. Yeah. So that night we sat down. I think actually it was a Saturday night. We sat down. We watched this video. And by this stage, I'd got to know the Bible quite well. Um, or thought I had anyway. Anyway, after watching this video, I said, my goodness, this is absolutely true. The Sabbath is actually Saturday. It's just crystal clear when you read it. So the following Monday, I looked up the white pages. We had white pages back in those days and found out the nearest Seventh-day Adventist church, uh, which it turned out to be, uh, got hold of the pastor, told him about my background and asked would I be welcome in his church. He said, oh, yes, absolutely. So then I started to attend the Seventh-day Adventist church and uh, a few months later I got baptized into that and that was uh, really my beginning of understanding of the Lord. But some of the things I haven't said because I could probably write a book on my story is the, the number of times that... Uh, God has done things for me over the years. He saved my life so many times. Um, I've been electrocuted. I've been drowned. I've had serious aircraft accidents, serious motorbike accidents, serious car accidents, some amazing things. But what I find absolutely amazing, many or most of these things happened before I knew God. And I find that absolutely amazing because here's me, a sinner, not interested in God, and all the time, God's looking after me. And Ken, uh, we'll just like uh, to take a short break right now. And I'll just remind you uh, guys that uh, you are listening to this sensitive man of God who used to be an atheist, but uh, he find God and God is speaking through him right now to each one of us. Please stay with us. We have a short uh, musical break and uh, can uh, choose to play uh, the Oat of Africa. Please stay with us. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with Ken Morton.
Welcome back. This is In the Footsteps of Jesus from Down Under with Nick and my guest today, Ken Morton. Ken used to serve in the British Army, starting to fly at 19, have flown all types of uh, aircraft, but he loved helicopters. Have flown ultralights, ultralights, helicopters, helicopters, (laughs) and also those uh, gliders. Gliders. Particularly, he loved, as I said, um, helicopters, but also he's done some parachuting. Yes. He loved also motorbikes mm. and have lived in uh, Central America, also in Australia for over 40 years. Yes, indeed. And um, what else, uh, Ken? Well, so I've done, done very many, many things over my life, but... Uh well, I guess, uh, as I said, look, uh, the biggest things happened to me here, of course, in Australia, was God was looking for me and I wasn't aware of it. Uh, I just find that totally amazing. And when I came to Seven Adventist Church and I started to look into the things of the Lord more deeply, uh, I just realized then that God over my life has been with me and done so much for me that I didn't realize. You know, sometimes people say something happens to them and they, they get out of it and they think, gee, that was, that was a bit of luck. But people don't realize that God loves everybody, whether you're a Christian or non-Christian, God loves you. He's hoping that you will open your heart to him and seek him out. And it took him a long time to get me, and as I said, I wasn't looking for him. I was a happy, everyday person, didn't have really any problems, so I didn't think I needed God. But of course, we all need God more than what we'll ever know. Well, when I came to Adventist Church and realized the significance of keeping the Sabbath, which is Friday night, sundown Friday night to sundown Saturday night, I then started to observe that as well because that is the seal of God, as it tells us in the Old Testament. And that was a bit of a change. At first, it was a, a little bit strange feeling to me, but now the busy, busy lifestyle that we all lead, it's just wonderful on the Sabbath to know that from Friday night, we're not going to do any work until uh, the following Sunday. And uh, I really enjoy that. And that's a time where we can sort of learn more about the Word of God and do good for others. Uh, my wife and I, we go and visit people in nursing homes and uh, close friends or church friends. And that's been wonderful. But I I would encourage anyone out there, look, we would say all our friends are not Christians, or 99% of them outside of the church are not Christians. We have many friends who know what we stand for. We have told them uh, about Jesus, but they're not interested. I find this incredibly sad because the Christians out there who know the Bible know what's coming in the world. They know what's happening and what's about to happen. And I can tell you now, even as a Christian, we find this scary and I would encourage anyone to take some time. Yes, we're all busy. We've all got things to do. But when the Lord comes back, you're not going to have time to do these things. Mm. So I would encourage everyone now to take a little bit of time, check out the Bible. I've often said to people over the years as I've witnessed to them, look, it's like this. You say you don't believe in God and you don't believe in the Bible. But if you take the time to check it out, there is proof there beyond any doubt. But I believe most people don't want to check it out or find out the truth because they're worried, what will the family think, what will my neighbours think, or what will my friends think? But look, that's not really important. The important thing is, what does God think? And I can assure you, with God in your life, uh, things are going to be a lot better. 
yes, we're still going to get sick. Yes, we're still going to have accidents. But the long-term picture you have to think about and just think if what we're saying is correct and Jesus is coming back soon and there is a God and all that sort of stuff, wouldn't it be better to be on his side? Because the Bible clearly tells if you're not with God, you're against him. So I would encourage everyone, take some time, check out the Bible, um, maybe even go online and look at some of the stuff. There's an amazing amount of information online today about things, and it's certainly worthwhile checking out the things of God. That's so true, uh, <coughs> Ken, and uh, we are so happy and privileged to have you on the radio with us because uh, we have learned from a man who maybe at some times even mocked the people who used to believe in God. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, here you are, uh, a man uh, with a sincere, sensitive heart, uh, willing to do whatever he can to reach out to those people who are in need out there. Because you tested and you know how life it is without God and with God. And as you just said uh, just just before, is not worth it. Even if what the man can uh, gain if he if he will have all this world, but to lose his soul. And I'm so happy for you, Ken, that you answer that call which God was addressing you. And through you now, we like to extend that call to many people who are listening out there. I'm very happy for you. And I get to know you a bit more now uh, while you start to come and visiting my church. And uh, it was so nice to have you, Ken. And I'm looking forward for next time when we'll be able to share some of your amazing experiences with God, how God protected you even when you were not following into the footsteps of Jesus, because God knows us does. inside out, you know, mm. he, he doesn't look only to our uh, appearances, you know, he knows us down deep in our hearts. And it's so good that you choose to follow him and to be able to share those amazing uh, experiences with him. Ken, our time is uh, coming to a close for this session, but as I said, I will be more than happy, and I know that you'll, uh, you'll be willing also to come and share some more stories with us. Absolutely, love to. Guys, again, I'm very happy for you that you, you are listening to, to us, and again, I'm encouraging you to contact us. And share your story. Share your walk with Jesus. Until next time, may God bless you and have a wonderful day. 